0543 Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Camille Meadows. It's fortunate that a space has opened up for you here at Edelwein. Our climate can be quite competitive. This is our table. Scram. No, I'm good here. <laughs> that light keeps flickering. It must be the ghost again. Some girl supposedly killed herself in the dorms years ago. I'm not sure I believe it. What if I told you there's a way we can find out? So you're gonna do a seance? Spiritus Oratio Nostra. Oporte Loquantur Intervos. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 348. Releasing May 21st in the US in theaters, on demand, and digital is Seance, a horror mystery that stars Suki Waterhouse as Camille, a new student at an elite boarding school haunted by the ghosts of the past. When a group of mean girls attempt to summon the spirit of a former student, a string of murders occur, leading Camille to investigate who or what is the culprit. A twist-filled, supernatural-tinged murder mystery, Seance also marks the feature film debut of acclaimed screenwriter Simon Barrett, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast. Simon, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me here, Matt. So, the start of your career, you uh, work as a screenwriter, very acclaimed films there as well. Um projects especially with director Adam Wigan but now you have a, you made the decision to kind of branch out on your own why was Seance the right first movie to take that first step to make that feature film debut because I, I believe this is a script you've had with quite a while I think all the way back to say was it 2016 or even before that oh yeah even before that I'd say two, two, 2016 is when the script started getting like in decent enough shape that I could start shopping it to try to get financing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote the first draft around, I believe, the end of 2014. Okay. Um, so the guest had just come out, and Adam and I were prepping uh, our Blair Witch sequel. And, you know, it was just the kind of... It, it was two things. I mean, I'd always wanted to direct, and, and in fact, um, you know, the very first script that I got into production as a screenwriter, was a script that I'd written for myself to direct uh, called Dead Birds, yeah. um, which was made back in 2003. And so, um, you know, but that just didn't, that, that, that I was very lucky in that that film actually got picked up by a studio, but then they weren't interested in me directing it. I didn't do the, like, I didn't do, like, the smart Darren Bowsman thing of, like, writing, like, a, like, like a, you know, a Saw kind of sequel and then attaching myself as director. Um, you know, I, I, I was just like, oh, you want someone else to direct it? That kind of makes sense. Um, cause I haven't done anything yet. And so, 
So I, I was totally fine with that. But then, you know, it's very easy for Hollywood to kind of categorize you as, as just a screenwriter, um, which is totally fine. That's a very lucky job to have, obviously, in this world. Um, but especially because so many screenwriters are like so incredibly bad at it. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's something that like, I think, um, it you know, it's something that like once people kind of realize you can do it, you know, they're always like, hey, can you write the script for free? Can you do this? You know, can you rewrite this for free? And I really very quickly kind of fell into that pattern where I was making like no money, writing all the time, working a day job. And, and my films weren't doing particularly well. Um, it, it's nice to hear myself uh, a, a, a described as like the writer of like acclaimed films, but like, you know, with, with the exception of, of, I think, you know, your next and, and the guest, which got, I think, honestly, kind of tepid reactions uh, upon their like actual release. Um, and then, then kind of built their followings on video. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to think my films hadn't actually been received that well initially. It, it's more like the way they aged. Um, hopefully that's kind of changing now and, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm getting better at, uh, kind of guessing at what people might actually want or, or just kind of evolving as a storyteller, um, to be more kind of in sync, um, or not, you know, or I'm just still doing it either way is fine. Cause my movies are successful just at kind of a small level, I think right now. Hmm. And so, um, so that was kind of the level that I was looking at, like as a director is like, you know, by, by which I mean just these kind of like basically low budget genre films. Um, I knew Adam was going on to do Death Note and that wasn't a project that would involve me. And so I was kind of like, okay, this is the time, you know, I've put this off for like, a, you know, almost like, you know, well over a decade at this point. And, and I've really been trying to get, you know, a directing gig in the works. So now I should really try to think about like, what's a story I want to tell, but also what's a story I want to tell that I know I can do in a contained way. And I know that like, I feel like I have the experience to pull off. Um, and that was, that was, uh, that actually turned out to not, uh, totally work out the way I'd planned in that seance ended up being a much more physically challenging production than I'd anticipated because we weren't actually able to find like a single location or even two or three locations that like worked for the film because, um, schools weren't comfortable with us filming the movie, uh, in actual, in their actual buildings. Uh, so schools actually, all, all real schools turned that film down, mm-hmm. uh, which is totally. Totally valid, <laughs> totally, totally understandable, but, uh, but also was a real problem for me. Um, cause I kind of thought like, okay, we'll time this up with like, you know, a kind of fall winter break. I'll be able to use a real school. And, and that was not the case. So it, it ended up being a much more just like difficult shoot. Um, and we only had like four weeks of prep and 22 shooting days and no reshoots. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. It was like going back to like your next level of like toughness. Yeah. Um, and your next was made like under a million. So it was going back to like those kinds of crazy hours where you're just like scrambling to figure out how you're going to get the bare minimum ingredients you need to cut a scene together in the time that you have before you absolutely have to get out of a location because you have zero minutes of overtime in your budget. It's that reality of filmmaking. But that's what I was kind of came up doing. And so that was kind of what I set out to create for myself as a director. I didn't want to try to like, I didn't want to try to like, I don't know, like, like get some studio project going. Cause I just didn't think that was possible. I thought my talents, uh, really lay towards lower budget productions. So there was somewhat of a, I, I don't want to say like a pragmatic aspect to the writing of seance because I, I don't think that's very realistic to my creative process. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just, I wish I was more capable of that, but I do think, you know, certainly in my brain, you know, I tried to write something that I felt was containable 
you know, because I like those stories anyway. I like single location murder mysteries. I like, you know, like single night slasher films. I think there's a momentum and atmosphere inherent to stories with those settings and containment that um, that can really be very compelling. And so, you know, I had I had like both creative notions for this, but also kind of practical ones of mm-hmm. just like, okay, what can I afford? And then, you know, and then in pre-production, because I wasn't working with anyone that I'd worked with before, I was working with an entirely new cast and crew and, and producers and, you know, no one was anyone that had been involved in any of my prior works. That was just how it worked out. I mean, to be honest, a lot of them turned down seance. Um, so, you know, so it was just kind of one of those things where I ended up kind of putting together like a totally new theme, um, which was kind of wonderful, but it was also like, I needed to like sit down with DOP Kareem Hussein every now and then and just be like, am I crazy? Are we going to be able to achieve this tomorrow? And he'd be like, Oh yeah, no, we're probably not. Uh, let's look at these scenes. <laughs> and then I could kind of go through and like pare things down um, like that. But, you know, on, on previous films, you know, working, you know, with producers, Keith Calder and Jess Calder, like on the guest and your next, like, you know, they'd flag stuff like way in advance. Like this is going to take six hours to shoot. Um, you know, you should maybe try to find a way to simplify this in the script because we're running behind. Um, on seance, no one was there to tell me that, so I didn't do it. <laughs> and, um, and largely, I, I bit off a bit more than I could chew with some of the action scenes and stuff um, and had to kind of like, you know, hastily find ways to make them work. But that's kind of just the fun of it. And, and I'm pleased that like, I'm pleased that like no one who sees the film seems to know that it's all these different locations mm-hmm. and that, you know, really kind of running, running, uh, running and gunning uh, some of these like location visits where we're just like, like in and out, like, like, you know, in grab a scene, r- rush to the next location um, with the entire crew. And, you know, I, I hate, I hate working that way, but I also obviously kind of love it. So, yeah. And it's also my only option right now. So, and it, yeah. it, ca- it came across fine when I watched it. I had no idea whatsoever that it was different locations in there because the film is essentially based in the one place, which is a an academy uh, for female students. Yep. And, you know, horror history you know, when, when the films are set in kind of like boarding schools or fraternities, etc., um, the classic kind of horror history shows us that films like that can often lead to kind of exploitation in expense of the characters, you know, the nudity, the sex, the violence, etc. Your film is very different. Um, your characters are smart, they are driven, they are very complex. How important was it for you to kind of stray away from like the previous versions of what I feel like this might have been, say, 10, 20 years ago as compared to now, um, to make your characters more complex and not to have them as uh, ex- exploitation but as as real fleshed out characters? Well, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like pat myself too much on the back for that because, I, you know, I just don't think, I think like the culture shifted and, and cinema has shifted, you know, in a way where like, honestly, if you were to do a, a kind of like slasher throwback the way that like Hatchet was back in like 2003 or so, you know, nowadays I think people, you know, would be more suspicious of that because just the amount of nudity and gore is, you know, I don't know. It, 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 I think actually, by the way, that it is perfectly okay to show nudity and sexuality in films. It just kind of depends on what the movie is. Mm. For me, like seance, I mean, I never have to worry about kind of, I don't know. I, I, I'm not ever really worried about just writing characters that are cannon fodder or, or just like, you know, grist for the mill in a slasher movie, because I just don't have that relationship with my characters. Um, I tend to write in a way where I really enjoy like the process of kind of spending time with these characters and, and figuring out who they are and what they're going to do in each scene. And that, and that tends to be kind of my creative process. I, I don't outline a lot just kind of for that reason. Um, 
And and Adam Wingard, by the way, is a very character-based director as well. Like, you know, the only real rewrites he'll ever like request are when he feels like something might not be fully consistent with like the character that he's building with an actor. And so, you know, so and and I'm obviously on set for that process, and you know, you can kind of be collaborative in that way. But um, with Seance, I wasn't really worried about like writing shallow characters that were like just going to die because I, I, I just never would want to do that. I, I find that annoying and, and kind of boring in horror movies. The ones that I tend to love are films like Scream or The House on Sorority Row or the original Black Christmas, where you actually do have a lot of investment in the characters mm-hmm. um, for various reasons, even if some of them are fairly, you know, are, are essentially archetypes. So I wasn't worried about that. I just have a different approach to character. And then, you know, in terms of like, you know, the way old slasher films used to approach female characters with a lot of like objectification and so on, you know, that's been analyzed by, you know, film theorists like Carol Clover, who are vastly more intelligent than myself. Um, So I, I mostly wouldn't even comment on that, but just to say that, like, I think that can be great and there's room for that in cinema. Obviously I've made a lot of, I've produced a lot of films that had both male and female nudity in them. Um, but Seance is more of a film for younger audiences. The characters are younger, even though it's mostly actors in their 20s playing those characters, which is kind of like the cinematic archetype. Yes, of course. Um, and, and, you know, and look, there's a complexity to that, too, which is like, you know, if you're showing a older actor playing a younger character in older movies, sometimes that was a way to just like be like, and we're going to make like this very sexual. And, you know, especially in the 80s, you'd see that a lot. Um, but like, but that's just a different thing. And that's a totally different era. Uh, it was seance. It was just like, I wanted to make a movie that like young women could enjoy. And therefore there couldn't ever be any like real fetishization of the characters or objectification. But I also, I mean, again, genuinely, I kind of just don't, that's not something I have to like calculatedly avoid. It, it just isn't the nature of this project. So I just didn't, uh, didn't even really consider it until, until, uh, until that question really. Um, you know, when I was researching uh, uh, your work and reading some interviews, I, I read this interesting quote from you where you said that um, you basically basically view human beings as kind of cursed animals. What did what did you mean by that? Um, I, I guess I, I I I think like most people, I I just view the human experience as an inherently very unhappy one. Um, and I don't really like. I don't think like we're like literally cursed. I don't have like a complex religion. Um, if that's what you're asking, like a, it would be great if I had like a really complex like original, uh, you know, belief system that I could start like espousing right now. Um, but I don't. I just kind of think that like you know to be to be alive is is to kind of be unhappy. Mm. Um, and you know, more often than not, right. And so I I, I kind of I, I think I said that more in just the sense of like. I was trying to get it. <laughs> I think I was more trying to get it. Like, uh, I tend to think of my characters just as more like people that are dealing with like the overall human condition and wherever they happen to be on kind of the gender sexuality spectrum, obviously affects who they are and their life experiences. But, you know, with a film like seance, I was just going for like a deeper kind of sin, I think is what I was getting at in the interview, which is, I was just like, like, this is more about like the, the kind of, um, you know, to the extent that this film has any serious themes whatsoever, which uh, I'll admit wasn't really like, um, you know, my primary objective with it. I kind of just wanted to make a fun movie like the ones I enjoyed. But to the extent that it has serious themes, you know, they're about they're about a fairly cynical analysis of human nature. And uh, yeah, and I mean, I do feel like um, like I don't really know. 
I don't really have any strong opinion about like what will happen to your consciousness, consciousness or mine when we pass away. Um, you know, I don't really know, you know, what this organism that I identify with as like Simon Barrett, like really is, um, and what will happen to it when my body dies? Probably nothing, right? But, and, and that's the kind of essential horror, uh, our, our just like consciousness of our own mortality that I think horror films tend to address cathartically in a way that audiences can enjoy. So, um, so while I say things like that, and I kind of regret saying that because it makes me sound, um, like, a, like, like when you, when you just say it like that, I, I feel it sounds very, um, like, like, like I'm very goth or something, <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but I'm not, I'm a very happy person who like comparatively, or at least happier than I used to be. And, and my life is good. And I, you know, I, I think like, I, I think I tend to think occasionally happy thoughts, but, um, but I do think that like, you know, the, the knowledge of death, the unclear understanding of what our of what existence is, unless you're deeply religious, and in, in which case you have, you know, more confidence than I do. Um, and like, you know, and, and I just think that's something that horror safely addresses uh, for people. And it always has, you know, from the very first, you know, stories told by a fire or whatever. Um, you know, this is your feature film directorial debut. Um, you are going to go back to doing some more screenwriting work upcoming, but if the opportunity comes again for you to do some more directing in the future, what lessons do you take from your work on Seance do you think you're going to take to a future project as a director? Well, uh, that's that's a great question. Um, in every production I finish, like with like this whole list of like lessons in my head that I feel like I've learned that then in no way apply to the next project, and you make a bunch of new mistakes and learn a bunch of new lessons, and then you just kind of repeat. Um, you know, the thing that I would say is I, I, I do want, if I, if I direct another film, I would like for it to be another, like, small original movie. Um, and I do have some scripts already that I, that I like. Um, but I think I would, I think mainly I just feel like um, I would like to pivot. I've already directed, I should say, a segment of the upcoming horror anthology VHS 94, mm-hmm. which uh, no one asked for, but, but, but I did do it. Um, so, so I already have directed another small horror thing, but it's like a found footage thing and it's, it's a short, so it's, it's not like a feature. Um, I, I would just like to try to do something very different and, and something probably not in the horror genre. Cause, um, you know, as much as I love horror, I would hate to get burned out on it. Like a lot of my kind of heroes of, of horror filmmaking, I feel like, you know, maybe had or did because they didn't, cause it is kind of one of those things where you just repeat yourself too many times, I think, if you if you find yourself trying to achieve the same effect for viewers again and again, and I think you do need to take a step away, take a step back, and and find a way to reinvigorate your creative approach. So you're always doing things that are unique and original, and, and surprise people, and, and reward the the you know the, the viewer experience of watching your film, um, which is kind of what I'm always trying to do is try to figure out what I think people want from a movie, and then try to see if I can kind of go past that in any way and, and surprise them and ideally in ways that they like uh, often in ways that they don't but you know that, that's the goal because that's what I love as a viewer myself is is that level of surprise so you know I, I think I think mostly I would just be scared that like if I keep trying to do horror projects I'll, I'll start to become you know a little bit creatively uh, you know just I don't know repetitive I guess and so 
But, you know, but the things I'm writing right now uh, with Adam, you know, Face Off 2 and Thundercats are, are not horror movies at all. Um, and we're working on some other projects that aren't really horror movies. So I would like to direct a non-horror movie next. Like whether it's a, you know, I think it'd probably be like a crime movie is what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I kind of think like, I'd, I'd like to really try to see if I could take the kind of non-horror elements of seance and, and do more of like a film that's kind of just purely that. Maybe something more along the lines of what the guest was, but in more of a, you know, recognizable reality. Um, or I, yeah. And so I have an idea and I think I'm angling towards it. But, but yeah, that's, that's it. I don't really know that that answered your questions at all because it's not really any lessons. Um, but maybe the lesson is that like, I feel like I'm getting burned out on horror. So I shouldn't do it anymore. Oh, I, I, I think you, you definitely should. It's always great to have variety, though. And for everyone out there listening, May 21st in the US in theatres on demand and digital is Seance, the feature film, film debut of Mr. Simon Barrett. And Simon, I thank you very much for your time today. Congratulations with the movie. And look, best of luck with the release in the next coming days. And uh, hopefully in that future, when that uh, non-horror movie, that crime movie is made, we can talk again about that film. I would love that.